Welcome to a new world of entertainment. The Ultimate Film and Television Podcast. Featuring Mike Winkler. Daniel English. From Condiment Games, Jeremy Larson. And Jason Kobasic. Created by friends. All film lovers. We feature in-depth podcast discussions. Interactive Facebook Live episodes. And celebrity interviews. Subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. On this episode... We were lucky to get out of those escape rooms alive. I need to know that the criminals who killed the four people in front of me are held accountable. They're hiding in plain sight in the middle of Manhattan. We need to stop them. I'm in. I know this is a lot to ask, but thank you for coming with me. Do you hear that? Hey, what the hell is going on? The train is uncoupled! You've got to be kidding me. You guys have played the game before? So what is this? Like a tournament of champions? Look, we all know how this works. We solve the puzzles or we die. Ah! False advertising must be pulled. This ad, yourself is missing an E. So maybe we pull the corresponding handles with a missing letter. Yes! E. Damn it, hang on. Come on, we don't have time! The missing letters are WB and O! This is way bigger than last time. You gotta try something, right? There's a special reason each of us survived. I can't feel physical pain. Just imagine the kinds of puzzles they came up with for me. Take a picture, it will last longer. Get some clue. This looks just like the lighthouse on the postcard. Over. I'm done running. We can beat them at their own game. What makes you think they're gonna let you walk away free again? We can make it stop! We're gonna get a kill. Come on! I'm not playing your game! Not now! Not ever! Escape Room Tournament of Champions. I don't understand. We're still in the game. Oh no, no, no. Escape Room 2 finally arrived in theaters. I could not be happier, more excited. And Neither now we are here I. to talk about it. I, you know what? This is something I really look forward to talking about with you. Um, Mike Winkler, Jace Kabasik here. Before we get into Escape Room, I do want to bring up one note that I just noticed today. Today is, this marks the official 50th episode of Lights, Camera, Action. 
Oh, wow. That's pretty good to know. Yeah, 50th episode. So thanks, everybody, for hanging around. And Yeah, thank you, guys. We've really enjoyed having you around for this long. Look forward to the next 50. Indeed, I do, too. And uh, But our 50th episode is Escape Room. So, okay, so first of all, the first movie was the surprise hit of 2019 for me. It really was. I mean, that is, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, the, the surprise hit for 2019 for me as well. Yeah, when that first one came out, I remember thinking, okay, this looks a little bit like... Oh, we already got a comment here. Oh, wow. Ah, ah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We appreciate it. Thank you for the congratulations. Um, What I wanted to say was, uh, when that first movie came out and that trailer was shown, it looked as though they were going in the direction of maybe a PG-13 Saw franchise. And I think I think you and I both agree it's what probably what it looked like. And I, I think me and you both agreed that before we ended up actually uh, watching it, we were looking at it like another one of these Saw-like movies. Mm-hmm. Like, is this really going to be worth it? And then to see the intricacies and the filming especially just surprised the ever-loving hell out of me for this movie. Yeah, you know, the designs of the room, the set designs, even the fact that the movie took the time for the first 25 minutes to actually give us character development, make us care about these characters in the escape room, that right there, when I saw how the movie started, I was like, okay, they are doing something different than what we've seen before. Exactly. They're actually having us care about characters before they actually get to anything. And when was the last time you saw that, and especially in a horror movie? I mean, I thought the first Saw movie did a very good job making us care about the characters, but the problem with the Saw franchise, like we've discussed, is every movie has a different set of characters, and that's where the problem lies with those films. Uh, wasn't that every set, every movie had a different set of characters? It was every movie after the third one, it really felt like. Yeah, that's kind of true. I guess there were still some side characters from the other films that were incorporated in two But and you three. had the major characters like Amanda, John... You had, right. um, well, it wasn't until uh, 3D that we finally saw Carrie Elwes back, but. Yeah, but all in all, you're right. After Saw 3, things just kind of started going with, oh, we're going to keep the bad guy the same, but we're going to make and everybody else different. Which is why they should have, yeah, and this is why they should have uh, ended that 3, just like we've been saying for as long as we have. Oh, yeah, all right, we, oh, we got another comment here, Mike, from your mom. No, we completely understand that. I wouldn't want uh, spoilers for this, so thankfully you, we caught that beforehand. So thank you. Enjoy the movie once you actually get to see it. Yeah, anybody that has not seen the movie, don't watch this because we're going to spoil everything, and you go see it after, we, after you watch this, you're going to know the whole movie. So, yeah, before we actually dive deep into the movie, spoiler alert. Yep, if you haven't seen it, leave now. Um, But yeah, that's one thing with Escape Room that I'm hoping that this franchise doesn't suffer with. Um, Doesn't go on for six, seven, eight, nine, ten movies. It seems like from it seems like from what they've been doing so far, Mm -hmm. it feels like it's leading up to third one being the last one, especially with how the second one played out. Really, from what I could see, that would be the right move. this movie doesn't really go into Minos too much, 
but we get to see their stretch, how far their stretch is and how powerful they are and how much influence they have. They're able to take a subway car in New York City and tamper with it. That's a pretty big deal. Not only that, they have influence over, you know, the police station there. They have influence over, they have enough influence to, you know, take over a fucking plane. That's a scary thought. I remember when that first movie ended with the plane, I remember thinking, wow, their reach is already far, but this movie just takes that and just doubles down. Exactly. But uh, first things first, um, I guess we'll go, we should go into expectations we had for the film. Well, when you and I watched the first trailer on our trailers episode, um, we were we were worried that the movie was going to fall it was more, It was more so me than it was you that was worried that the movie was going to fall into the horror uh, cliche uh, click. And mm-hmm. it was going to suffer from the fact that it had been as long as it had before uh, we got this film. Dude, That's uh, true. COVID. Yeah, you. I remember you saying that you were concerned that you were afraid it was going to fall into the, ho- the the saw cliches. Yeah, I was afraid it was going to fall into the saw cliches. I was afraid that, and it was more so, like I said, it, that the time frame that passed from the first to one to this one, mm-hmm. that it was a long enough distance where people weren't really going to care. Yeah, and we talked about box office too. Now the movie, it's 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 kind of deceiving because the movie ended up making about eight million dollars opening weekend, which is far below, of course, where it was with the first one. But circumstances, of course, are a lot different than they were two years ago. Well, um, I mean, it's been out for what five days now? Five days made about nine point eight in five days. Uh, Budget. The budget for the movie was fifteen million. Right now, from what I'm seeing, the box office numbers are fifteen point five. So they are grossing now. Okay, so the worldwide numbers have put it over fifteen million now. Yeah. Okay, so it's already broke even. Um, I guess not with promotional costs, but the movie didn't really put forth a lot of promotion as far as trailers. No, it and TV really spots. didn't put over put a lot of promotion forward. And what also is helping, you know, the cost of everything. It's the actors really aren't that well known at all. Um, but where the budget is, is like all the special effects that you're getting in this film. You know, for a movie that costs 15 mil, the special effects that are here, they look fantastic. Like, they really do. Like You wouldn't expect that to be really on a budget with how much the special effects are being shown in this. Right. And they, it's not like they overdid it either which is the biggest mm-hmm. gripe me and you have had with a lot of these films, or just films in general, is the overuse of CGI, special effects, shit like this. Yeah, I, th- this movie relies on the practical effects. This movie could have suffered from the, from the problem of making each escape room very effects-heavy and making a lot of it on green screen sound stages, and the movie doesn't do that. It actually makes full-blown sets of these and- rooms. And here's the thing that I really love about the these films and hoping that, well, because we've got pretty much confirmation that they're going to end up doing a third one. Pretty much. It hasn't been greenlit yet, but it's, it's going to happen, I'm pretty sure. But it's the fact that it isn't so much as it is, you know, like uh, gore horror mm-hmm. as it is it's psychological horror. Yeah, That's it's, not, the it's thing. not jump scares. 
it's not even just jumps. It's not jump scares, really. It's not blood intensive. You do get your little bits here and there, but it, it's used in good spots. Like they're not just trying to dump gallons of blood everywhere. Well, here's a good instance when, when and the acid rain's falling. Yeah, and the thing that I'm really loving about it, it's the fact that it makes you think. It puts you. It almost draws you into the film. Like, holy hell, what do I do if I was ever in this position? Scary ass thought. I've done. I've done many escape rooms, and every time I go to an escape room now. This movie is always in the back of my mind because I, I think about if I'm in a situation where I'm in this room and I literally have a timer on the wall timing me. I mean, in an actual escape room, you have 60 minutes to get out and you're in one basic room and usually one room has many rooms off one room need to get into. Yeah. And even though in real life it's just 60 minutes, you want to complete it just because you want to complete it. The fact that these people have 60 minutes in certain rooms or 30 minutes in certain rooms or they die the thought of that just drives me crazy because just going to one alone myself drives me crazy, and it's not even life or death. Oh, I know. Uh, but that's the beauty of these films in particular is the fact that it psychologically imprints something in your head. Mm-hmm. At least it, that's the case for me. Well, I look at it this way too. The Minos Corporation, in a way, I think that – even though we don't technically in real life have something like that per se. Yeah, we do. In, in a way, we do. And that's what I was going to say. In a way, we do. And we do. Because, it's called Amazon. <laughs> I mean, I look at the way, like, like they say how, how, how big tech controls everything. Amazon being one of them. Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Exactly. And in a way, they are all the Minos Corporation. The only difference is they're not throwing escape rooms and, and challenging people to life or death. But are we really that far away from maybe that possibly happening? Yeah, you never know what's going to happen at this point, man. It's a sick, twisted world. It really is. But uh, oh. anyway, back to the film. So do we continue on talking about you know our previous stuff with the first movie, or do we want to dive right in here now? Well, let's dive into the uh, how the movie starts, for instance. The movie starts off with a recap of the first film, which is very That's done very well. Yeah, they did a really good job at the recap, um, and you find out that the time frame for this film was only, like, weeks after uh, the first film happened. It was only probably, like, uh, four or five weeks, so maybe something like that. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think it was about three, four, five weeks, yeah. But I, at least, like, they're going on this road trip to New York City to... Uh, an to where Zoe had found a warehouse, I guess, that uh, the Minos Corporation could be located or where their headquarters would be stationed at um, due to supposed workers and everyone that she, they uh, pictures of there. We should make mention, though, of one thing. Before that scene where they're driving, the scene with the therapist. Oh, and the, oh, the therapist, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and how the end of the film goes back to this moment, especially when we are told that the lighthouse that takes place in the lighthouse room is actually on the back room piece of art behind her when she's telling her about going on the plane and flying. I obviously think that this therapist is Minos. She's got to be Minos. Well, that's a dead ringer for the fact that uh, she's a member of the corporation. Um, the thing that... 
the things that she kept saying was, um, you know, it was the pen, the purse, the book in particular mm-hmm. that uh, she was showing. Like, does it look like, look, everywhere you go, you think there are clues like, this is a clue to you, this is a clue to you, this is a clue to you, and it all ties in at the very end of the film. Mm-hmm. The, the the thing that was a dead giveaway to me in the beginning, when she showed her the book that said Free Will, I was like, yeah, she's Minos. She's Minos. It was just that Free Will book was just too much of a creepy thing to just have right in the office when she's talking with her about literally Free Will. Not necessarily. I mean, neither of us thought that in the theater at all. I had a sneaking suspicion the therapist was weird. I didn't really want to go that far. I thought maybe, oh, this is just me running my mind just thinking everybody's Minos, which in reality, it's starting to look like everybody is Minos. Exactly. There's even some theories online that some people are actually thinking now that Ben himself could actually be Minos. It would be interesting to see if that was the case. Maybe mm-hmm. we might end up um, having something revealed there in the third film. I mean, I, could, I guess I could technically kind of see it. I think the only issue that I have with it is there's many situations that he's in, especially in the first film, that I think would kind of almost contradict that because he has a lot of close call death moments, especially when he's in that room that opens the first film that's about to smash him into pieces. Yeah. To me, that almost is a dead ringer for him not to be Minos, but they could spin that. Exactly. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, Back to the New York anyway, drive. Anyway, so... They end up stopping at a motel, uh, sleeping, and we end up almost get like I almost felt like maybe this is the beginning of the traps and all that, and maybe uh, we had no idea what was happening because it looked like they were in another room and all that all of a sudden, and the ceiling of the motel room started coming down on Ben. See, when that scene was happening, I already pretty much knew it probably was a nightmare. But I was kind of almost hoping in my mind that it wasn't because I think that it was almost meant to make you think that it was a nightmare. So if it would have actually started right there, I think that might have actually been a better shock value. It really would have. But at the same time, me and you were both saying how pissed we'd be that they'd killed off one of the main people already. Yeah, that was the one thing I was scared about this movie doing. And I'm so relieved that they didn't do that. Oh, I know. But, um... Going back to uh, the film now again, uh, they make it to the building, the abandoned warehouse that uh, Minos is supposedly located in. Mm-hmm. And they see this looks like a homeless guy that's wandering through the trash in there after they get through the fence. And all of a sudden you see him take Zoe's necklace and it go- leads through a chase down to the subway station. The one thing that the film didn't go into, and I would almost would have liked to have known how the other three or the other, well, was it other four, four people, yeah, other than four. that, other four people, how they were lured down into that car. It could have been that they were just happened to be on that car by any chance, just by chance. So it's possible. But yeah, other than that, though, I mean, it, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a cool, unique way to to start the movie as far as getting them on the train. Um, but the first trap uh, or the first room, which is this car, I thought this was really creative on how they did the puzzles here with the, with the advertising and, and, the, and the pulling of the levers and uh, yeah. the electricity. Very well done and definitely, definitely um, a good start to the movie because... 
what I was worried about was we were going to have rooms that were too similar to the first film. Exactly. And this was a great start to do something drastically different. Oh, no, I, it really was well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like everything had, like, in this first room, uh, was it, it, like you said, it was the uh, the uh, advertising boards that are on there that had the missing letters, the letters corresponding to the different uh, pole bars on the subway. Mm-hmm. And that we get our first death of the film, uh, no one really ever found out what his name was. Yeah, they never really did give his character a name. I don't uh, remember. Apparently his name in the film was Theo. I don't remember a moment where they actually said that, but I guess the credits felt like they gave him a name. Yeah. Um, uh, I, but it's interesting how they were able to, how Zoe was able to look at that and be able to figure out, because... You knew from the beginning, like from the trailers, that that was uh, that it was going to spell "Welcome Back." Yeah. Oh, yeah. The trailer gave that away. But did you notice something too that the line in the trailer, um, where what is this? A tournament of champions. Ben says it in the trailer, but the one girl says it in the in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. They, they changed it up. Yeah, we figured that they were probably going to change something up here every now and then from the trailer to the actual film. We found out, too, that the guy that plays uh, Ben, uh, he did an interview, came out yesterday, and he said there was a whole trap that actually was uh, was cut from the movie, um, which actually, I, watching the trailer back now, I did see it. Um, there was a trap. Instead of him being in the water at the end of the movie, he was actually trapped in a, a sauna machine. Yeah, I saw that, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, they cut that from the movie. I'm kind of almost hoping one of two things: either a that we get to see it on, on the uh, on the Blu-ray, or maybe it'll get be cut back into the movie. Because the director actually said the studio is the one that put, put together the final cut, where it ran on good beats and moved really quickly. He yeah. actually said his cut of the movie was 45 minutes longer. Okay. So the fact that we could possibly see a 45 minute longer director's cut. I would love to see that. I would love to see what they cut. So would I. I want to know if there'd be any more hints as to um, everything that's going on throughout the uh, entire series at this point. The one that plays Zoe also said that um, they shot a couple different endings as well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I'd be really curious to see what we're going to get on, on, on the Blu-ray when it comes out. Either a lot of deleted scenes or maybe a potential director's cut possible we'll have to wait and see but uh okay so after this first trap is over uh we get a long scene of them like in a shaft and we get to kind of learn about the characters a little bit which i i'm happy they went back to that formula getting us to know the characters and finding out that the um drunk that was on the train is actually a pastor mm-hmm. who like we found out like where what exactly they were doing in their um respective games like it was a group of pastors for the pastor for the um, pastors uh, game, a group of people that it sounds like did not feel pain necessarily for like physical pain for um, Rachel's. I want to say her character was mm-hmm. and finding out like all these different stories and all that, like all these influencers for the other chick. 
This scene actually made me want to see all of their games. I wanted to see a flashback or even a potential prequel because some of those games sounded like they'd be fun to watch. It's possible. We'd have like maybe if they get enough uh, people clamoring for it, maybe they mm-hmm. might end up doing something like that. I hope so because I thought that there was a lot there in those explanations, especially the pastors. I would have liked to have seen the games that the pastors were put through. Exactly. So that, um, that would really intrigued me a lot to see like what they could have done. But I liked the fact, too, that, that the movie, it almost felt like at first the movie was going to skip over us learning the new characters, um, which I think would have been a mistake. And I'm glad yeah, that they, Especially considering like some of them lasted a lot longer than we thought they were going to. And some that we don't actually think are even dead. Exactly. Which we end up finding out more about that uh, after, I think it was like the third room. The third room, and I'm I, there's another theory out there too that even though I, I think the reason why we didn't see their deaths because it's PG 13 with the acid rain, but technically speaking, we never actually saw them and neither did Zoe, so they could even still be alive, exactly. So I'd be interested to see well, where the no, film is no, going to no. go. I think Zoe did see them, I think Zoe would have seen uh, their deaths there potentially. The, the way the way it was shot and the way it was put together could be interpreted two different ways where they could really work around it. Um, but I think it's just simply we didn't see their deaths because it's PG-13. That's what I think. It's possible. But, uh, uh, but going back now, uh, they get to the next room, which looks like it's the inside of a massive bank. This was actually one of my favorites. I liked this set piece. This was really cool. The, yeah, this was probably my favorite out of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked the uh, the laser traps and the fact that it was activated by the floor and the counters and on the time limit with the bank vault closing. It was and a very really intense got scene. To see our, we really got to see our first um, of the recurring hints throughout the entire film, which mm-hmm. was the name Sonya on all of the... Uh, uh, what the fuck are they called? The, uh, the safety boxes. deposit boxes. Yeah. Yeah, we got to see our first recurring hint of the name Sonya. Now, we find out later, of course, that Sonya is supposed to be Amanda's daughter. Um, they never, they never bring up the name. She never says her daughter's name in the first film, correct? No. Okay, I wanted to be sure of that because I couldn't remember that when we were watching. I wasn't 100% sure if they ever brought it up. No, they never brought it up. Okay. But going through here, the the uh, tiles that were in the middle of the floor leading to the vault where the exit was um, were trapped to trigger off the uh, laser sensors mm-hmm. or the laser traps. And so were the uh, hand... Uh, tops of the counters after they unlocked the uh, safety deposit boxes. Yeah, I liked to... um, I guess in a way, I I guess I liked it, but I kind of also found it to be a question mark. When the pastor is going forward and laying down the the lollipops for the path, and then all of a sudden he breaks away and just says, screw it, I'm going to go forth. Do you think that that was him attempting to be heroic or was that a sign of him being selfish, and maybe that's why he survived the rooms with the other pastors? I think that was more so like he was so blinded by you know his 
uh, able to get out from the previous room that he thought he could just be guided through with no issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, he ended up making that dumb mistake. Well, he's the one character that we suspect is still alive because he fell down the same sand trap as Ben, and Ben survived, and we didn't see him die. And we know the movie's rules say that you don't see them die, they could still be alive. Which we ended up finding out in this film that it was if you never saw them die, it never happened. Correct. So it which really I leaves think, the question. As soon as we saw the pastor go through the sand, uh, mm-hmm. me and you both had the same thought process like, wait a second, he's got to be behind this, or he's got to be a part of this. Yeah, and the fact we didn't see him at all at the end of the movie, and then I, now I'm even more suspicious. It, so am I. So I think he's still alive. I think he's more a part of things coming up, and he'll definitely make an appearance in the third movie. And I'd like to see the, the most shocking part of this whole movie was of course, Amanda coming back. You and me were both floored when she came through and we saw it was her. We were like, Holy shit. No fucking like, way. How the hell. And then we ended up finding out that, you know, they have that Minos has enough of enough power. Like they were able to essentially hologram the roof, uh, where they supposedly were going to fall and all that. Or, you know, everything, like, they could hologram anything in there mm-hmm. to where, like, they had padding or something underneath when they fell. Like, we saw her fall through the shaft, and she ended up just falling through that hologram onto a bunch of padding. Yeah, she fell probably, like, about this far. You know, it, it, it I, I almost felt like, should we have suspected this in the first film? But no, because the first film... If I remember correctly, did not have any holographic things in the rooms or anything no. like like like, the, like this movie did with showing no, it didn't. you know the holographic New York City and stuff. So it, it it was done really well. And I if anybody tells you they saw Amanda coming back, they saw it coming. They are literally full of shit. They have to be. There's no way you could have known. And then we find out that she helped design the traps for this game because Minos supposedly had her daughter uh, held hostage. They really want Zoe, and it actually, I liked the explanation, too, that the reason why they kept Zoe alive because they wanted to design another room. Um, and part of me thinks that even with this plane trap, they still don't want Zoe dead. I don't think they do. I don't know. They might. Like, because they designed this that entire trap for Zoe. Well, the good news is, is that at the end of the at the end of the first movie, that that plane trap that crashed was the fake one. So, we really don't know the fate of of Ben and Zoe in this trap at the end of the movie. We don't know. No, we, we have don't. no clue. And obviously, I think the third movie has to start with this. It, it's got to. Well, it's going to have to because that's where the second film ended. Right. And I and I, I have a feeling here is that that this is where the third movie is going to go drastically and, different oh, from the first two. I think like, it's going to end up being because you know how at the end of the third film, um, all the uh, masks pop down mm-hmm. from the uh, overheads, right? I think you're going to find out that those correlate to something with a trap, and. You have to pull certain you, ones or do something or breathe in certain yeah, you ones. You pull the wrong ones, like those people are going to die. That's actually that's actually pretty clever because they they emphasize twice at the end of the first movie and this that the masks all come down. Exactly, I think that that's going to have something to do with this um, next film, and 
we find like finding out that this is all like everything, including like the uh, police station, was all just to get Amanda or not Amanda, Jesus, to get Zoe onto the plane finally, so that way they could almost do like this was their uh, beginning of their perfect trap, right? But I feel like too that the third movie we're going to be in for a different movie than the first two because if we're going to start out with a trap right away. Um, I can't imagine the third movie is going to be about them being trapped in many escape rooms again. I think the third movie is going to be very much about the hunt for Minos, which will be a very, very far departure from the first two, which is good. I'm happy with that. Like, I think if they end up getting to a greenlit third movie mm-hmm. and they start out with that, it's going to be Minos has all these different uh, trap rooms laid out like throughout where they're heading. Yeah, like each, each each point they get closer, they enter another room. Another room gets them closer and closer until the end they get to them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That actually makes sense. And that's one way you can keep the escape rooms without making it a movie just about them, but the journey to them. Yeah. Um, okay, so after the bank vault, we get the lighthouse, uh, the lighthouse trap. I think the lighthouse trap, to be honest, might have been my least favorite. It felt really clunky to me. Yeah, something about it just felt a little weird, and some things just felt a little too easy. Well, I mean, that was obvious, though. Mm-hmm. Like, how easy it was to get off the um, the panel for the light, uh, for the lighthouse. How easy it was to get, like, take care of certain things in that uh, room. Mm-hmm. Well, even Zoe made mention of that, about how it was so easy, and that they had the convenient tool in the in the lighthouse to get the, the thing open in the wall. Um, but, uh, yeah, this definitely was the weakest room. I just thought that the flow of this room just felt a little weird. Like you said, clunky. Um, to be honest with you, it's, it's the one trap that probably could have almost been cut from the movie minus a couple little small details. Like personally, I think that this should have been the one that was cut from the film. If they were going to cut one. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not enough stuff, interesting stuff that happens here. And uh, other than maybe Ben and, and the pastor falling in the sand, that's very important. But other than that, there's not much that really happens in this trap that really is really that important. Exactly. Like, um, there really wasn't. Like, the biggest thing you learned is that Amanda was um, just can't feel pain, like physical pain. And the inside of that building where they found the stove and the refrigerator, did you notice, too, that the room looked a little similar to the one uh, or the, a little similar to the cabin? Uh, in the first movie, outside of the the ice room and everything. looked a little similar to that. Um, But yeah, all in all, this room's just fairly basic. Uh, But that leads us to a a very interesting room, the uh, the New York City room. Which made it seem like they had all escaped, and then you see, uh, I forget what her name was, um, Brianna, I think? Uh, The Hispanic one. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. But her, because she went through the, because uh, we both had thought like, because there were two different um, exit points in the lighthouse room, which mm-hmm. that was probably the most interesting one because we hadn't seen that before, and we thought True. maybe one was going to lead them to, uh, where like the next room. One was going to take them like to a dead end. Yeah, both paths end up leading to the same room. Uh, but we see her coming around from, like, around the corner after you see, like, all the, hol- uh, gl- um, 
the glitchiness of the hologram from the hologram. Yeah. And so you don't let the great clothes and all that is. You see the great clothes, and then you find out like the burns that she has on her from the uh, acid rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought too. You know, it's almost a bummer. I'm actually upset that the trailer gave this trap away because if 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 this wouldn't have been given away in the trailer, we might have actually thought that they got out. Exactly. So I'm kind of upset that the trailer gave that away because I thought that was kind of. They, they, they lost a little bit of a shock value there because if you've seen the trailer, you, you know what's going to happen here. We knew it. Yeah. But, but I like the trap like The trap was designed to only have one person be able to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the, way, the way the whole thing works, because you and I were shocked by the fact that every room, it seems like only one person dies. And the fact that we had two rooms in a row that killed off supposedly two people in them, in yeah. each room... Uh, was was really surprising, uh, and, and the fact that everyone was able to escape from the bank room—that was shocking too. This movie broke a lot of the rules the first movie did, which I'm glad it did because, again, we talk about following a similar pattern. Well, something like, that because the Saw you know, movies what did. you see a lot in the, like horror films is that they follow the same tropes that you see in just about any horror film. Right. You see, there are points that you know, like. It's designed for one person's going to die. Mm-hmm. Just like you see in all the pretty much all the Saw films, how one room, one trap was going to end up leaving one, at least one person, like just one person dead. Right, right. Now, I feel like this movie's getting ignored because I think people are assuming it's going to be like every other horror movie and it's going to follow the Saw formula. And they'd be pleasant, pleasantly surprised that it doesn't. I really think so as well. Like, a lot of people should be taking a look at this film. Mm-hmm. And if you're not seeing it, start watching them because they are well, radically different. I had a friend of mine that had didn't even know like what this was about and all that. Like he just saw that um, we had gone to see the movie and mm-hmm. he had asked about it. And I'm like, it was really good. Uh, he had no idea that this there was a first one before this. He thought this was the actual like only first film because he was like, what the, what the, I mean. Did they explain what the fuck there is a tournament of champions for or whatever? Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought, like it's all based from the first film. You right. find out everyone else is you know other participants in this film from previous games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So so he'll, I assume he'll probably go watch the first film now. Oh, we'll see. I mean, he. I don't know if he's really fully invested in the wanting to watch it, but. Yeah, it's it's sad because I think that it's being ignored for that very reason that just people just think that it's just a more friendlier, family friendlier version of Saw, and it's not Saw at all. It's completely different from Saw. No, it isn't. I honestly think this is almost worse than Saw in that sense because they're not, they're not showing the blood, but they're playing a real psychological game with you. Like this is right. meant more to mess with your mind than anything else like you said this is almost what the movie saw we think aspired to be exactly so um and it just goes to show too it, you don't you don't need the blood and the gore factor in order to make it interesting you, you don't no, need you it you really don't at all Mm-mm. no the blood this is, saw got to the point where i think the franchise started out not worrying about blood so much, but they were trying to play the mind games. But as the franchise evolved, it just got to be more about the traps and the blood and the gore and away from the creativity and the mind fuck, essentially. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, so we get finished up with that room. We get led to after um, the city block room. It mm -hmm. was uh, what again? This is where we find out that Amanda's alive. Oh yeah, it was like that attic room with the with the with the toys and the and the and the teddy bears and the wooden blocks. And we get yeah, the long it was right after we get the little bit of the view of the room and all that. Mm -hmm. That's when we find out that Amanda's alive. Yeah, she gets dropped out of the ceiling, which uh, uh, it, it, this had me floored. And you're not the only one, man. Neither of us were expecting that. And that only confirmed really our beliefs that uh, the pastor is probably alive <laughs> as well. Right, right. Because as soon as she made that, that thing, oh, did you see them die? And then it made us think that every person we didn't see actually die, even from the first film, it's like maybe they're not all really dead. Well, we saw just about everyone else die from the first film. Obviously, minus Zoe and Ben. Uh, the only other one that I think could have been challenged, um, it could have been the the escape room kid that fell through the ice. No, we he, saw his body floating there. His the body, okay. Floating. It's been a while since I watched the first movie. Okay, so his body. Yeah, because we saw his the dead body floating like uh, on the water, but just below the ice. Okay, I, I, I now I kind of remember that now. So, if I think back to the first movie, so he died in the water. Uh, Amanda, we know, is alive. The, Amanda's the only one we didn't see die. We, how did just the saw, other, we just saw her fall down the shaft. How did the other ones die? Oh, the other I, one beat the shit out of the one guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But this movie, I mean, basically, minus the guy that died on the train... Every other, every one of the others of those deaths could be talked out of. Exactly. So it makes it that much more interesting. Um, but as we get to the the room, we get the we get the explanation. We find out that Ben's alive, um, and that the only and way that they're trying to him, get Zoe to design the next game. That's the only way she can save Ben, and she decides I'm not going to do this. So and so the 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 little. And box room that uh, Ben's trapped in starts filling up with water. Mm -hmm. uh, has like a like thick plexiglass all around it, so you couldn't really break it at all. And then we essentially get Zoe just saying, "Fuck this! I'm not participating in your game." Mm -hmm. And takes the pipe off the exhaust pipe from the uh, or yeah the heating pipe on the wall, mm -hmm. and uh, pretty much just sets the. Uh, like right over by the box, sets the entire thing on uh, fire, and you see that it's all traveling around the box. I don't yeah. know if you picked that up either, although at all, Mike. I, I I did, and and I think that it goes back to even what Zoe had said at the end, how how it was almost too easy and too convenient that that was kind of there for her to break him out of there. Um, it goes back to Minos. It seems like that they wanted her to get him out of there. That yeah, you know, and um, that's why it goes back to the point of them being on the plane trap. I almost feel as though she wanted they wanted Zoe to get out in this situation because they still want to keep her alive because they had how many opportunities to kill her throughout the whole movie or even even at the end after but she said no. Do you no. want my personal opinion on that though? Yeah. I think that what they're going to do is they're going to replace sort of what happened with Zoe before, like the plane crash or whatever it was that killed her mom. Right. I think they're going to end up doing that. This is where we're going to get Ben killed off. 
Yeah, that would be that would be a hell of an emotional thing for her, especially when we when she thought he was dead and she blamed herself. Yeah. Um, what I would think be an we're gonna twist? See, I think what we're gonna see is Ben gets killed in there. Now, tell me if you wouldn't find this to be an interesting twist. Okay, so we talked about Zoe's mother being the one that got killed in, in, in the plane crash a long time ago. Wouldn't it be something if her mother didn't die and her mother is actually the head of Minos? That Zoe just didn't see her mother's death or something? Mm-hmm. And they, her mother somehow escaped unharmed and all that? It would be interesting, but it would be kind of weird that she'd be doing this all just to fuck with her own kid. That's true, because we, we would need a good explanation as to some kind of issue she had with her daughter, which we never got. So, yeah. But it, it would be an interesting twist. It but, would be an interesting twist. Like The thing that I love about this is that it, it almost forced you to think one way, like all these different clues and all that. Right. Like Almost like you're, again, like you're in the room yourself, trying to constantly pick up on all these clues and all that, and only for it to throw you completely off. When you think you have it figured out, you don't have it, any of it figured out. Exactly. Like, I, neither of us, I don't think, thought that the plane trap was going to come back into play just all out of the blue at the end of the film. That's true. We thought that the beginning of the movie, by her not going on the trip, was basically throwing it to the side. Yeah. I guess my big question is, too, is that I almost feel like that Minos is going to have to be somebody we've seen before by the time we get to it, because... That's got to be the one I'm big t- shock I'm value. I'm telling you, I think that we're going to see the therapist, the the pastor. I think we're going to end up seeing at least one other person that um, we might have seen uh, just a pop, pop out of nowhere as like the heads of Minos. Yeah, and I think somebody that we saw in the first movie, I think somehow they're going to come back into the fold. No, watch. It's going to end up being Ben. It could end up being Ben. It could. Wouldn't it be something too if it ends up being the guy that was Ben's employer in the store? It's possible he could make a comeback too. Um, I'm trying to think who else we saw. Or you know, minor parts. Shock, or you know, shock twist. Zoe ends up leading Minos in the end. Ooh. Oh. Leading them through their new era of uh, escape rooms. That that would hurt me right here. That I honestly me. almost feel like it would be full circle really like this almost feels like they're essentially doing like an extensive interview with her right now or the twist is she runs minos and then she ends up using minos to to, to escape room the very people that founded it she flips it on them it's possible that could be something like that i could see that but i think our theory with ben ben just feels like he's gonna be the guy because he's so close to her and there are many instances where you could see that he could potentially be staging everything to make it look like he's in danger when he's really not. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I Ben, I think, is a good guess. But I think at this point... Hey, he is a good guess, but Wayne, it's anybody's guess at this point as to what's going to happen. And I think, too, that everybody seems to think that it could be Ben. So why would the movie do exactly what we think they're going to do? And they haven't done all that these just make you think, like, what if it is Ben? Everyone's mm-hmm. going to get these thoughts and theories into their head, and that's when they're like, all right, we finally got them to believe it. Now mm-hmm. we go ahead and flip the script on them. Yep. I think many twists but this and is are still what coming. This, this is what this series has done so well for, I think, so far. Well, this movie especially did a, did a fantastic job throwing us for a huge loop in the third act because 
up to that third act, it felt like we were just going by the numbers, like the first film. Um, still interesting, still fun. But when that third act starts and, and Amanda drops in at that moment, it's just like all bets were off. Exactly. And that's what makes this film... I know you and I talked about which film we thought was better. And up until the third oh, no, act... I got a question for you, Mike. Mm-hmm. What do you think ever happened to Amanda? Because we didn't see her after they escaped the uh, building. That's true. She did run out with them underneath the gate, but we didn't see her after that moment. So that's a good question, and that's why I think she's still involved with Minos more than what she's letting on, even more so. But we'll see where that's going to go. But um, up until the third act, I would have told you that the first movie probably was better. But the way the third act really got me, it really had me rethinking which movie I liked better. Well, and here's the thing that I thought the entire time was that the second film just had even better storytelling than the first film did. Like they got you more into these characters. It got you more into the events that were happening. Mm-hmm. It got you feeling more emotionally invested throughout the entire film, I thought. I thought the one thing that the first film did a little bit better was is I thought the people that were in the escape room with Zoe and Ben were more interesting and more developed than these ones were. Okay. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I thought the traps were just as good. Um, I was actually a really big fan of the first trap in the first film where the whole room turned into a, basically a big oven. I really yeah. liked that room a lot. So that's actually probably... It's it's up there as one of my favorite rooms in bo- out of both movies. Um, I guess it's a good Mine, question. Mine's got to be the... Um, it, it, mine's got... Both my choices are from this film. Really? Yeah. It's gonna it got to be either the subway car room or it's mm. got to be the bank room. Mm. Those are probably my two favorite traps in this entire series so far. What are all the rooms... Refresh my memory. What are all the rooms in the first movie? The oh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I know. I remember the oven in the ice room. Um, there was the twisty room with the mirrors that only the, the two characters were in. Um, Give me one second. I'm looking. I'm trying to think, too. Uh, yeah, it was the room that was the uh, essentially the giant heating oven. Yep. It was the winter cabin room. Yep. Uh, was the upside down billiards bar. I did like that one. That was the room that Amanda quote unquote uh, fell in. Right. Uh, the the hospital room that was filling up with the poisonous gas. I did like that room too. And it was the room with the optical illusions and strobe lights. That was okay. With the um, antidote. Mm-hmm. That was okay. So mm. now, and we went over everything that was in this one already. Okay. Um, but mine, like I said, has to be either the car room, the subway car room, or the uh, bank room. Yeah, I'm I'm torn here because I like the oven room a lot. I like the billiards room a lot. And in this movie, I pretty much like almost every room in this movie except for the lighthouse. The, the lighthouse. Uh, just like in the first film, the only room I didn't really care for was the uh, the vertigo room, which just okay. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a tough question. I, I don't I don't know. And as far as which movie I like better, I it, I'm still I'm going with this one. I'm still torn. Um, I think that I'll be able to make a better determination once I can watch maybe one and two back to back and be able to yeah. see which one I, I, I enjoyed more. Um, I know based on my theater experience, I think I would say the first film because the first film was such a surprise to me and how good it was. I didn't go in with very high expectations. Um, although what I'm go- Why I'm going for the second one here is because of the fact that our expectations when we went in were higher because of just how well we thought the first one did. Yeah. And it not only met that, but it went above and beyond our expectations. That's true. To the point where it very far exceeded the first one, I thought. And and I I think as time goes on and I watch it more, that might change for me too. Um, I, I, I Right now, I'm not even going to pick one because... I, I think I, I liked them. I like them both so much, and and there's things I like out of both of them, a lot. So, I'm gonna reserve my opinion on that one so I can watch them back to back. But if you had to choose now, like say, Minos is putting you into a room yourself, mm-hmm. or or you had to pick one or over the other, like right now, just off initial thoughts. As of right now. I think at this given moment, seeing this, I've only seen the second movie once, I would say the first one at this moment. Okay. But that may, in fact, change once I see the second one as many times as I've seen the first one. Yeah. So, but, I mean, this comes down to, like, the very the rare times where you see that the sequel turned out to be better than the original. Well, this is one of those instances, too, where, where usually, like, we go into a situation where sequels usually are, are pretty good level below the first film. But yeah. this one is literally right with it. It's literally right with it. And you can't say that about a lot of sequels, especially like... No, you this, can't at all. In this genre, too, it never happens in this genre. Not at all. Sequels always get progressively worse. And here, we're going the other direction. Like, this makes me wonder, how is the third film going to be? Like, is are, is it going to keep going up and that third film's going to be even better? movie quality wise or do you think it's going to suffer from uh, a fate like a fate that a lot of trilogy movies do and that the third one will end up sliding down the one way the third movie can blow the other two out of the water is if that big Minos explanation really makes your jaw drop that and if they do end up going along with the process of they're like every time they get closer and closer to where Minos would be and the explanation, mm-hmm. they hit another room to keep this. So that way it's not just chasing down Minos. Things are standing it's in their way. Going, it's keeping with the theme of being an escape room. Right. And I think a good escape room too would be like, for instance, for like Zoe and Ben to maybe reach rooms that really um, uh, challenge that their, their inner mind. Like, with her mind, it's the plane crash and her mother's death. There should be a room that really challenges that. Yes, the plane one will kind of challenge that already, but maybe one that really, really attacks them psychologically, personally. Yeah. Maybe a room that they go into by themselves, if to solve by themselves, that attacks them psychologically. It's possible, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. But other than that, though, this movie definitely deserves a good solid 9 out of 10 because it's Uh, just... Easily, easy 9 out of 10. It's it's so good. One of, the be- one of the better horror movies I've seen in a long time. And, if, and, and it's and because it, of the fact that it's a psychological horror. 
And if you've listened to our podcast and you already heard about the movie, I don't even care. Still watch them because if you haven't experienced them yet, watch them because they are different. They are not what you expect them to be, and they are actually smart written films if you really think about them. Exactly. So please go see them if you haven't. Movie needs to make money, and we need a third one greenlit now. Yes, we do. But anyways, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I am Jason Gabosik here with Mike Winkler. This is thank you for joining us for our 50th episode of Lights, Camera, Action, Movie Entertainment Reviews podcast. Uh, we will look forward to seeing you hopefully soon with the beginning of our Terminator uh, podcasts. In the next couple weeks or so, we begin Terminator We'll start out with Terminators 1, 2, and 3, and then Episode 2 will be Terminator Salvation, Genesis, and Dark Fate, with a little bit of Sarah Connor Chronicles yeah. thrown in for explanation as well. But other than that, uh, that is a wrap. Cut and, well, you know the rest. Print. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast and coming August 4th. We begin our Terminator retrospective as we break down Terminator 1 through 3. Also, be on the lookout for more podcast episodes in the coming weeks. To read our written reviews and listen to our podcast, go to lcareviews.com and subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Thank you for listening to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast.